Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Today's show was made possible by a lot of people. Our amazing producer, Maria Wortel, both of our mothers, our interns, and as always, Solange Knowles. But you know who else we would be proud to partner up with as a sponsor of an episode? You. If you own a business and you'd like to work with us, or you work for a brand that you think could be a good fit, contact us at fyi at shoesoffatpod.com. Another big change in that time has been moving. Like I, I talked about on the show before, I was went to college, graduated, went back to Minnesota for six months, and just like was having a full spiral. Then got a <laughs> Did job. anyone have a successful transition no. from college to real life? Even the people who had a job after graduation were like, <laughs> like burned out. Yes. Like every you just spiral. Like I just oh spiral. I'm April, and this is She's All Fat. The podcast for body positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. On this week's interseason mini-sode, it's now like <laughs> a long mini-sode. A full-sode. <laughs> um, we'll discuss how I went viral, Maggie Rogers, and change. April. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow, are you a ghost now? <laughs> I'm doing ASMR. Oh, okay. Yes. You're not supposed to sound like a ghost unless you're doing a ghost roleplay ASMR. <laughs> Which honestly would watch. Would watch. Yeah. Listen, you never know. I'm always open to a side hustle. <laughs> New pickle lady in town. You know I what I mean? I do not like the mouth noises. I like t- no, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> I like the I like tapping. Okay. And I like gentle whispers. Anyways. All right. How was your Christmas? Um, my Christmas, let's see. It was a nightmare only because <laughs> If you uh, support us on Patreon, then you may have heard in some other extras we've done that my mother is intense. <laughs> she's a lot. And so this is the first year that she's been on her own for a little bit because my grandma went back to Liberia in the fall. My sister moved out to L.A. with me. And so it's kind of like she saved up all of her nagging for when we got home. So it's like our flight landed. We like had a really good meal. And she's like, and another thing, have a baby and do this and like clean my whole house and cook this. And we're having 10 people over. And then <laughs> like, oh my it was God. too much. So it was like really exhausting, actually. Jeez, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, the good thing was I got to spend time with my family. Minnesota is a nice place to be at Christmas because it's like it was snowing and it was really pretty. My mom has a fireplace, which is nice. And I got exclusively nightgowns for Christmas, which is cool because I love <laughs> nightgowns and like a robe. Are they all floor nice. length like your other nightgowns? Some of them are. Some of them are like a set, like a little jammy set. Some of them are like lingerie. Some <laughs> of your mom. nightgowns literally look like you're like a little girl who is is it's like a world war ii movie yes you're from london you it like you just got sent out to one of those houses in the country because oh london's god. being bombed so much oh my god you're staying with some kindly old lady and she's like this is all i have sorry and you're in this huge nightgown i really do have like a little princess-esque nightgown yeah almost exclusively i'm not sure why but that is my sleeping vibe um so yeah my holidays were just like fucking exhausting <laughs> Um, My holidays were were also good but tiring. Mm -hmm. I was back in Phoenix and, as always, get to see my family and Victor's family. Everyone in my family does listen to the podcast, so can't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was great. I love you all. It was awesome and nobody was bad and everyone was great. (laughs) No, it was generally very nice to be with my family. We were just there a couple times when we were, like, all cramped in a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, And that can just be a lot when you're, like, used to having your own space. Yeah. 
as I get further into my 20s, I get a lot better at going home for holidays mm-hmm. because in my early 20s, I think you what you consciously tell yourself is like, oh, I don't want to go home and be told what to do. Mm-hmm. But really, I think what it is, is you're not confident enough yet and your like adult sense of self mm-hmm. and going home makes you feel like you're a teenager again. Yeah. And I don't feel like that anymore. Like I feel like I have an adult relationship with my mom now. And that's a hard transition because sometimes it's like, even if you're there, your parent may not be. Yeah. Like especially, I know a lot of first generation kids like me, it's like, it doesn't matter how old you are, your parents are never going to see you as an adult. Oh my God. <laughs> like my mom literally acts like I'm three months old and it will never change. So it's just kind of like, how do you find a way to make peace with that and enjoy being home when my when my mom's literally just like, you need to make your bed. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm 26 years old. I'm an adult. It's hard, you know, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. I will say that my mom has done like an amazing job at trying to consciously, like we've both consciously worked on like, how do we want to set up our adult relationship Mm -hmm. now, you know? I'm trying to be better about this because always after Christmas, it's like, I want to call my mommy every day. Yes. And Mm -hmm. then I'm like three weeks in and I'm like, oh no, (laughs) I didn't do it this week. Mm -hmm. But it was nice to hang out together. All right. Do you have anything else to say about Christmas? I'm glad it's over. Yeah. (laughs) Well, now that we're done with all of that and we both actually do really love and appreciate our families. Mm -hmm. What are you obsessed with this week, this month, the beginning of this year? Okay. So much. I'm obsessed with so much. So number one, Into the Spider-Verse. So this was one of those things that was like hyped on the internet. I think it came out at the beginning of December. Yeah. Everyone's like, it's going to change your life. It's going to change your life. I didn't get a screener for it. So I'm like, hmm. But then (laughs) I was like, I have to pay to see this. That's the most LA thing It really was. (laughs) So I got paid for like, it's, it's been nice. But, um, so I, Everybody was hyping it, so of course my like skeptical antenna went up. But um, me and my sister were like, "Okay, we got we gotta see it. It's a black yeah. thing, so we gotta see it." So we go to see it this weekend. I shit you not, I cried for hours. You cried? <laughs> I cried like I cr- to the point where my sister was like looking concerned. And people were like walking by, like. <gasps> I, okay, have they you were seen like, it yet? This isn't even Paddington too. Yeah, like it, it was. I cried way harder at this. Like, have, oh so have you God. seen it? Yet? And yes. I don't want to spoil it for anyone at home. But so, I mean, the movie is just visually beautiful, which we knew from the trailer. Like, it's just stunning, and the voice actors are all actors that I love, and the story is incredible. But it just really took me out because, like, one of my biggest triggers, and I'm not going to cry right now. <laughs> but oh my one God. of my biggest triggers is just like representation, and the whole movie is like so clearly about like the importance of representation and like mentorship and all that shit. And there's just like this scene at the very end where he just says like, you know, anyone. I'm going to start crying. Oh my god! <laughs> He's like, anyone can wear the mask. Part of the Spider-Man's struggle in this movie is that like he becomes a Spider-Man. The Spider-Man before him was this like 26 year blonde white guy and he was like how can i be spider-man i don't look like that guy i don't know what i'm fucking doing like i don't have any of the tools i just all of a sudden am like very sticky <laughs> like i don't know what's going on and so by the end of it he like yeah, honestly finds, a metaphor for puberty literally <laughs> yeah so that it, by the end of it he like has figured out a way to be spider-man that's his own style and he has like powers that nobody else has he's not like the other spider-man but he like can fulfill the job and he just like encourages like the audience at home like you know you could be the spider-man too anyone can wear the mask like it's not just me you know it's like I can't imagine a kid seeing that and being like, oh my god, I'm not gonna start crying. Oh <laughs> but anyway, god. so like that. Happens. Oh my god, you're literally crying. April's literally crying. I'm fine. <laughs> April loves Spider-Man representation. It taught her it that just, she could be a Spider-Man. It just took you. Like I wasn't expecting it, like to hit me so hard. Oh my god. <laughs> but like he said that he's and he's just like chilling with his like beats. You know, he's just like a. He reminds me of my nephew. Like that's exactly what my really? nephew looks like. And he has the same haircut, which I told you I'm concerned about. Yes. <laughs> but, like, and he just like. It just really hit me that it's like, wow, you know, kids are going to grow up and they're going to feel like they can wear the mask too. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was just burst into like, it just, it wasn't Aww. like a, I'm about to cry. It was like, I'm sitting and I'm fine. And then I'm crying like hard. And my sister was like, are you okay? And everybody looked concerned, but just like, it took me out. It was incredible. You oh got to see into the spider verse. I'm so glad that it meant so much to you. It killed me. I thought it was beautiful. I thought the story was like a little, I mean, all superhero stories are like a little bit predictable. And there's you know like I mean? so many moving parts in it. There was a chunk that I didn't know what was going on, but that's fine. Yeah. I feel like it did a better job than many other kind of superhero movies I've seen at giving the main character, his name's Miles, right? Yeah. Like, they didn't make him make decisions and change, like, in a second. Like, they Mm -hmm. let him, like, really feel it out and, like, struggle with things that, like, a teenager faced with something really big would struggle with. Yeah. Like, I really, I really felt like I understood him and related to him. And the real (laughs) April comes out, she's just a big softie. I don't like that. I'm not crying right now. You are crying right now. (laughs) 
You're crying right now thinking about it. Oh my god. Unbelievable. (laughs) I love that. You're so cute. No. (laughs) It's very cute. And it's cool that you're part of making that representation change. Like you're you're making other kids see they could put on the mask. No. (laughs) I really, really couldn't do it. Oh my god. Oh my god. You're gonna be in a writer's room for a black show one day and just Just come crying crying every day. (laughs) It's not good. Just Like really crying right now. April, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> You're okay. I sat there like to the point where you know the teens who work in the movie theater like come in with the broom. Yes. I was like still crying. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, so ma'am, cute. ma'am, can you move your legs? Oh my god. <laughs> like, Sorry. <laughs> the part that I was represented by was, was Spider Pig, played by Oh my god, John Mulaney. <laughs> he he killed the role. <laughs> Oh, funny. I loved that he, part. He honestly ate the role of Spider Pig. <laughs> it was so, so funny. Good. And Nick Cage. I mean, yes, I loved crazy. it. I oh loved every moment of the cast. It was so good. Yeah, I oh, loved it. I please agree. see it. Into Spider First. It is nominated for an Oscar, which we'll talk about in one of our special Patreon only minisodes. If it doesn't win the Oscar, I'm going to commit Seppuku. Stop. <laughs> Oh my god. It needs the Oscar, I insist. But so, okay, so my next obsession is a podcast that I discovered through a humiliating means. Okay. okay. <laughs> You're really exposing yourself I'm like on this really, episode. I'm really exposing myself. Okay, so to backtrack, <laughs> if you didn't know this about me, I was a musical theater kid in high school. Yes. I was absolutely that girl. The final musical that we did was Susical the Musical, right. which is a humiliating musical <laughs> that at the time I took very seriously. I was up for the role of Gertrude, which is the female lead. I did not get it. Uh. It went to Amanda Miller. Amanda Miller can fucking choke. <laughs> Leave in her name, Marie. Oh my god. So um <laughs> I saw this video on Twitter of this guy doing his like interpretation of what if Mariah Carey wrote a song for Susical the Musical. Oh my and, god. and it's like, and again, you wouldn't get it if you haven't seen Susical the Musical. I have not seen Susical. Um or if you haven't seen just like any Dr. Seuss like movie oh, with okay. music or whatever. But so it's just like so incredible. Um I'm gonna find a link to it. But so I saw that and I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Then I clicked his profile and I saw that he had a podcast and I was like, gotta subscribe to the podcast. I love the podcast. So it's called Lost Culturistas. Okay. It's, uh, so his name is Matt Rogers and his co-host is is um, Bowen Yang, who is a writer on SNL. Yeah. He's awesome. I don't know why I've never discovered this podcast. It's like all my favorite stuff, where they just talk about pop culture every week, and they invite somebody on and talk about like their first piece of pop culture that they were obsessed with, and that's it. And I just love it. I think they're so funny. They do a good job of being uh, intersectional. They're both gay, and they both love theater and all the shit that I love. That's so fun. Um, It's so good. So the episode that I love the most is featuring John Early, who is my favorite comedian. I note often. So good. But I just can't believe that I never heard of this podcast until he was like if you like Susical the musical and i'm like i'm listening unbelievable <laughs> it's like humiliating every time i listen to the podcast i'm like i have my answer already if you just want to like ask me to be on your podcast like if any of you know matt or Bo, and just like tell them to hit me up at aprilcakeweo.com like, i desperately want to be on <laughs> my it God. um uh, my, my final obsession of the week is another one of my garbage reality shows if you just have like no moral compass and you love trash <laughs> yeah and you love people being exploited <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> For your own personal enjoyment, I would recommend Love After Lockup. Here's the show. Is that show. what it sounds like? <laughs> what do you think it is? <laughs> it's about people dating in prison? Yes, and then they get out, and then it's like, we're getting married. Oh my god. So all of them start with like, this sounds so exploitative. It's, it's so exploitative. Like, it literally is like, take every inch of your like morality and your like politics oh out of it. This is pure entertainment. <laughs> Oh my god. So every episode starts with like, I met him on a website, and then they show the website, and it's like lockeduphotties.com. What? <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like, I was looking for somebody to just like, you know, put money in the commissary, whatever, for me, and then like we fell in love. So they're all, all of them are openly like, so I was just looking for somebody to like give me money so I could buy hot Cheetos. Oh my god. And then we like fell madly in love. So then they like say whatever their crime was, and then they get out, and then the person will like meet them and be like, we're getting married tomorrow. Like, I love you. The funny thing about the show, and of course, chaos ensues. The funny thing about the show is that usually the person who is the problem in the relationship is not the like person who was a felon but more the person who pursued well, them yeah because, because it's what like, kind of person are you if you're like my ideal relationship it is with someone who has not only committed a crime but is not available to see at this moment at exactly. all exactly like the problem with all of them is that they have this expectation that 
they can control them because it's like you're not going to like cheat on me or leave on, leave me if you're, you're in jail and then you're in a felon because you're dependent on me wow. so they're like yeah, I want to be fucked. it's fucked up so like I want to be in a relationship with somebody who's like fully dependent on me and then they get out and they're like well I, I want to be with you too but also like I'm a fully formed human being yeah. and I want to like have friends and see people and they're like you want to have friends oh my god and then a lot of the women will be like I'm bi and I had a girlfriend in there and then, and then the guy's like I'm gonna kill her oh <laughs> like, my god like, it's just like they they are always the problem and they, their families would be like you're gonna let a felon into your house and then they get out and it's like nope actually he's the problem yes. because he's controlling <laughs> like That's and they purposely so sought out like only felons because they're like well i can't make a relationship irl work so guess i'll get this woman who committed years of credit card fraud and like she'll she'll never leave me well i mean it's <laughs> a lot you have a lot of control if like you can decide how much money you put in their commissary yeah. you get to go see them only on visiting days mm-hmm. and like you can just email them or whatever like yep. that is like the ideal situation for somebody who wants to be a controlling yep. b have limited contact and c can only put on like a normal face for some of the time yes exactly you know it's, so it's it's so horrible most of the relationships don't work out obviously um but i wow. cannot look away so i'm watching that um, wow so those are my obsessions what are you obsessed with this week okay well first i have my own immoral reality show to talk about Perfect. which is called back with the x <laughs> fantastic it's on netflix i think it's netflix produced but it's like australian um, you said you didn't watch it because you don't like Australian accents. I'm so sorry. And again, like, we Danny, I love you. in Australia. <laughs> I know we have so many, and I love y'all so much. And New Zealand, much. which I is similar so but different. I... I struggle with the accent. <laughs> it's the only thing. You just have to be like me and just constantly have subtitles on because I can't even understand American English either. Yeah, absolutely. But, okay, so the concept of this show is just like different couples, four, I think four, four different couples where they broke up like several years ago and then one of the couple, like one partner in the couple is like, I want to give it another shot. And then they've like, the show has contacted the other person and been like, will you give it a shot? And okay. obviously they're like, okay. And they show up, which is, like, weird because all of them have, like, it's, like, they've all split up for very legit reasons. Mm. Like, part of the reason it's interesting is that a lot of dating shows that are reality shows, it's, like, people who've never met each other before. Yeah. But these people have so much history. Yeah. And it's, like, the reveals come from real history that mm. you didn't know about yet. You know what I mean? So it's, like, more raw. Which makes it interesting. It is a good idea. It's just, oh, why did you choose to do that to yourself? Wow. <laughs> On TV. But I will be watching once I can just work through that just element of um, struggling yes okay i have a couple more faves okay okay uh i went viral it's just not a fave of mine it's just still happening i would like it to stop i bought a big coat i didn't realize it was gonna go viral and i'm pissed about how many people screenshot the picture of me and zoomed in on the fact that my toe my sock had a, to- a hole in it and my toe was poking out i had cold when i saw that so many people this is were what weird. happened so listen you you cannot participate in the internet game you're gonna go viral i can't believe and then i was written up in like the mirror and all these british tabloids yesterday it was like indian tabloids and i was just like worldwide and all these comments were like wow if i was gonna post a picture of myself on the internet i would change my socks and i was like i didn't know it was this was gonna happen if I, I were trying to go viral, I would have cleaned and put good socks on and I, taken off my plantar fasciitis thing. Like, I thought five Hannahs and, like, my two friends would like it, you know? Hilarious. I didn't. Okay, whatever. Okay. <laughs> the next thing, just, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to Maggie Rogers, who I think we both uh, like. Her music I, is great. Um, Sis, I don't know how I miss this. Next thing, just a little recommendation if people need some calming YouTube videos. Have you ever watched the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen videos? Mm-mm. These videos are them trying, just like playing around trying to recreate fun foods. Oh, okay. These get recommended to me all the time. They're really It'll fun. It'll be like she's going to make a Pop-Tart or something. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought it was going to be boring, but then I watched the one where they're making, uh, she's trying to make Snickers. Mm. And it's interesting because she's like, okay, first she tastes it mm. and she's like, okay, I'm tasting this, I'm tasting this. Like here's how I want to make it here's the changes i'm gonna make like mm-hmm. here's what i think would be better and then i'm trying to recreate it like as faithfully but as a homemade recipe mm-hmm. and then she like tries a couple different variations it's just like the right combination of interesting and calming yeah. and she'll like talk to her co-workers she'll Ooh. be like what do you think i should do like mm-hmm. blah blah but it's just like kind of a very well produced like cook with me video basically i like that, I like that a lot i gotta click it's fun YouTube, i like it honestly youtube knows what i like and that really scares me because yeah. these get recommended all the time really? and i just never clicked but clearly i'll like it i thought it would be boring because i don't usually like cooking content but i enjoyed it because mm-hmm. like 
they're clearly very knowledgeable about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting to see them try to noodle it out, you know? Would you ever, like, when you see the final product, do you think, like, I want to eat that? Yeah. It looks good? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and then finally, you know this trend on Twitter, or I don't know if it's a meme quite, but I've seen Mm -hmm. a couple people do this, where it's like, I guess because of some music video... I don't know how this became a thing. Some music video got put out where they felt like it was very incongruous with the music. Okay. Do you remember wait, that? Wait, let me click the thing you've put okay, in. Okay, well, wait, but this is a this is an iteration of it that I thought was really funny. Okay. Okay. what's going on at all but i just thought it was really funny i is this a meme yeah i love things like this because i don't even know how to categorize it i just think that's so funny like it seems like they made a video in order to lip sync to justin mccarty's beautiful they made like a like high production value (laughs) music video and she's twerking and he says beautiful soul i love it that's really funny fantastic i love Um, the internet i know so those are my faves for January, basically. We've had a lot of phase. We've we've had a lot saved up. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to share all these with y'all. Me too. And with that, we should really get to the meat of it, don't you think? Let's do it. The meat of it. Um, all right, so we've arrived. I by the time this episode comes out, this meme will be long dead. Yes. But I thought it which I just this just occurred to me. But I thought it might be fun to do our own version of the 10-year challenge. If you are not a youth on Twitter or I guess Instagram too, the 10-year challenge has been purely just millennials posting a photo of themselves in 2009 and a photo of themselves in 2019 yeah. and being like, LOL, time has passed. Yes, basically. <laughs> but I thought it could be cool for our purposes. Um to think more thematically about change and how we've dealt with change in the past and in the future and to talk about how we've changed in the past 10 years. Oh my God. Um, so right before we started recording, I scrolled all the way back in my Facebook and found a 2009 pick and this is exactly uh, who I was see. in 2009 and I want to see yours. Okay. Let's show Wait, each how other. how old are you now? Are you- I'm 25. I'll be 26 so in April. So you were 15. I was, yeah, I turned 16 that year. Okay, wow. Um, let me see. But, and I want to see yours. Okay. Let's switch on three. Ready? Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me pull mine up. Okay. Ready? Ready? One, One two, three. three. Wait, what <laughs> the hell? <laughs> Can we switch laptops really yes. quick? What? Oh, my God. Here. We're switching rose gold laptops. Wow. Okay. Captain Jack. Okay, please describe <laughs> what you're seeing and then I'll... <laughs> okay, so this I'm looking at a photo from January 13th. Oh, this is 2008, so this is slightly Sorry. early. That's okay. It's um a young Soph and her sister Izzy in black dresses. Izzy's like has two clenched fists, <laughs> and um you're taking a photograph with a Johnny Depp impersonator. Which yes. why are there so many Johnny Depp impersonators? I don't know. There's an abundance <laughs> of them. This is um. On a Disney cruise that we took I as a see. family. Okay. I just felt like this felt very of that era this to me. This is great. There's tension in your face. You seem uncomfortable. <laughs> I am thin, but think I'm fat yes. here. You're wearing a baby doll dress, which I think we all were yes. in 2008. Um, this is fantastic. Isn't that funny? Wait, how old were you in this picture? Well, I was 18. Okay. Or Incredible. 17, yeah. Dang. Okay, so this photo of you. Okay. You look like... An Atlanta Real Housewife in this photo. <laughs> look at the date. Look at the date on it. April 17th. Is this your birthday? It's my sweet 16. <laughs> oh my God. I insisted on having a sweet 16. Oh like blowout. Oh my out. God. Okay. <laughs> April is wearing like a. Like a quinceanera dress. <laughs> <laughs> a very complicatedly strappy yes. dress. That's like bright green. Mm-hmm. Clearly has like a satin, satiny skirt. And the like, uh, in, in, what is it called? Not embezzled, in, oh, uh, uh, bedazzled. Bedazzled, yeah. Bedazzled, like under boob area. And Absolutely. it's all strappy. And then your nails are bright red and you have like one of those fake tennis bracelets that yes. we all had. Mm-hmm. And then you have your hair in braids with loose curls at the end. I think so, yeah. Um, and then you have bright pink eyeshadow on. <laughs> and, and I'm holding. And you're holding. It's 
So a me. T-Mobile sidekick. A T-Mobile sidekick three and a Domino's pizza menu. Incredible. <laughs> it's exactly Incredible. who I was. Incredible. Oh my god. Oh my god. I love it. Can see the baby stretch marks on your arm. Absolutely. Can see your, you have like a little white flower pin. I'm going to post yeah. both of these on, on the Instagram. Freaking when they ridiculous. Stretch, so you guys can go look. Your eyebrows are like more thin. I bet they were thin, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about what we were like 10 years ago. Oh my God. Which, wow. <laughs> so yeah, as I mentioned, the photo I'm sharing is from my sweet 16 birthday that again, I insisted on having. And I think I had marketed... <laughs> problematically i think i had marketed it as like my black girl quinceanera if oh I'm having a hard, April. <laughs> i know anyone else who went to park center in 2009 let me know if that's how you had received the invitation <laughs> um embarrassing um but i yeah you just decided you could do that i just decided i could do that and nobody said anything cool. <laughs> um yeah at that time i yeah i was like a theater nerd i was making a lot of documentaries at the time like I knew I wanted to do TV and film and I was trying to figure out like in what way and so I was just like shooting a lot of stuff I had a job at a bagel bakery that I hated and you there was this rule where if you got the order wrong then you got to keep the bagel oh my god and like we made bagel sandwiches and stuff so a lot of times people would order something and I'd be like oh did you want a cinnamon sugar bagel oh you didn't oh sorry about that and then I would just like keep the bagel so I was just like eating a lot of bagels um (laughs) I was really the original mean. scammer. <laughs> it was a really scammer. I was like really mean to like everyone around me. Oh my god, April. <laughs> Gossip Girl had recently come out and I'm like, I'm Blair Waldorf. Oh like my I god. really fully like stepped into that role. But I, I also I miss this girl because she like knew exactly what she wanted and I was just like really like relentless. <laughs> like I remember just being like saying things to people like, You're not gonna get in the way of my dreams. Oh my <laughs> like god. seriously saying things like that a lot. Um I think when this picture was taken and I just got back from Chicago from like touring Northwestern for the first time. And I was like, I'm going there. Wow. I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's what it was like. What about 10 years ago you? Oh my God. I mean, 2009 was like a big transitional year for me because it was like graduated high school and went to college. I worked so hard in high school, Mm -hmm. just like all the time. And I had done a similar, like I went to Stanford and I was like, I want to go here. And then I worked really, really, really hard, got really lucky you know, had all the privileges, et cetera, and got in. And then I felt like that was a moment, maybe like the only moment I've ever had where I felt like I worked really hard and then I made this happen Mm. and I deserve it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I don't think I feel that way anymore about achieving really big things per se, but I just felt like I worked really hard and I deserve this. And then, um, I had a hard senior year just because, like, I felt very done with the rest of my high school. Oh, my God. Same. I went through that. Like, a lot of kids in my class, there's, like, a group of 30 people in the class who hung out and, like, liked to drink after the summer after. And I just was, like, not a part of that. Not, like, <laughs> invited to stuff. Not, like, I don't know. It was Because I was dating my boyfriend, I didn't do, like, theater stuff senior year like I'd done every other year. And I just was kind of like, I want to go. Like, yeah. I'm done. I want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I was so excited to get to college. In retrospect, I wish I had like taken a gap year. Like, I wish I had like rested yeah. <laughs> for a while. And then when I got to college, I was very nervous. I gained a bunch of weight senior year and like had, you know, I was in the throes of like the binging part of my eating disorder. And I was like, scared to get to college and feel unattractive because at that time I did not have like a body positive mindset. Yeah. And, um, again, in retrospect, I'm like, I wish I could just be constantly as chill about things as I am like five years of the future. Mm -hmm. But at the time I'm always like, I'm scared. I'm nervous. Like I'm so self-conscious, like, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and I got to college and I was very, very excited to be there. But then in college is when like a lot of issues with my ADD started coming out. And so, yeah, I don't know. Freshman year was fun, but like very hard. I felt very excited about life and yes. like excited about what adulthood would be like and like what I would do in college. And mm-hmm. I like I remember freshman year, I remember like fall of 2009 going out on the little balcony that was like on the third floor of the dorm where I lived and just being like, 
I'm here. Oh my god. I'm in college. Absolutely. Oh my god, I had so many moments like that. So my first year of college was two years later. I remember at some point it was like the first snowstorm of the school year. We were in Chicago, so it was like winter, winter. So I remember just like standing outside my dorm and it was like really hard snow. And I was with I was with my friend Leo when we like ran inside my dorm to like have whatever safe covering and just like looking at the snow in Chicago and being like Life is incredible. I know. <laughs> We're alive. We're 18. <laughs> this is amazing. I love those moments. That was incredible. I will, like, remember that forever. Yeah, like same. That, just, like, the, the possibility. Because I feel like I still have that, but the way that I was like, nope, can't wait for the future at 16. Now I'm yeah. like, what is, I'm like, the future. Same. <laughs> like, I did a... What is the future? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. before sophomore year in college, I did a thing called comedy camp where we did, like, improv and sketch stuff. And I literally made a Word doc called, like, Memories I want to keep forever from the last three like I was like (laughs) so sweet you know just a lot of growth just hard growth hard growth Uh, I mean people always say you couldn't pay me to go back you could pay me to go back to 2009 but it would have to be like 20 million dollars I mean you could pay me if I could go back with this brain yeah that would be oh my god (laughs) wow I mean kill it there's so much I should have been in therapy in 2009 but I was not um, my body stuff was like out of control. Same. That was the year that I was really obsessed with this guy and like it was such a mess. And I was like, <laughs> the only reason why we're not together is because I'm fat. Like oh I was I think we talked a little bit about this in our fat friend episode from a couple seasons back. But like so much of my uh self-worth was just tied up in my body at the time. Yeah. And I'm so happy that that's like mostly done. Me too. That was fucking hell. I do feel like the internal glow up has been huge. Iconic. You the know? internal glow up yeah. has been huge. <laughs> um, so now I kind of want to get into discussing how we've gone about making some of those changes that have been intentional in the yeah. past 10 years, how we've thought about change, how we've approached change, maybe how we've like helped other people try to accomplish change. Ch-ch-ch-changes, you sure. know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I'm trying to think, what are some of the biggest changes I've had in the past 10 years? A big change has been control, and this is something that's ongoing, but 16-year-old April really, really, truly believed, like, body, life, everything was fully in my personal control. Yeah. I was like, everything that I don't have is because of a shortcoming. Everything that I do have is because I have it, you know what I mean, and I worked for it or whatever. And I think so. that's been an intentional change I've had to make over the years because it's like hard to live your life like that because if you believe that then you'll be harder on yourself for not having things that you think you should have or whatever so as far as how I've gone about some of those changes for me it's just kind of trying to be really intentional so it's kind of like I have to interrupt my patterns of thinking a lot because maybe 16 year old April me would be like uh you need to be this size and that's in your control and you'll do these 10 things and then you'll be that size. And now I have to like sort of interrupt those thoughts that come in and I might be like, you know what, maybe I'll be a different size at a different point, but I have to acknowledge that like I have way less control. Over- Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com that than I previously believed and that's the case with a lot of other things like even if it's like career stuff it'll be like uh maybe past me would have been like if you did xyz xyz 10 times maybe you would have that job whereas now I have more of a like a understanding that there are like other elements working outside of my control and that 
that has been freeing, but also that has been hard for somebody who always had the mindset of like extremely type A and just like, I can do it. And if I can't do it, then that's a failing. Another big change in that time has been moving. Like I I talked about on the show before I was, went to college, graduated, went back to Minnesota for six months and just like was having a full spiral. Then got (laughs) Did anyone have a successful transition from college to real life? Even the people who had a job after graduation were like (laughs) Like, burned out. Like every, you just spiral. Like I just spiraled. So just was having a spiral and then got a job and had to move. And I think, I think I handled it well. Cause I think in other times it was just kind of like, there was so much up in the air and I would have freaked out about not having control over every element. But this time, how I approached this change was being like, okay, here are the elements that I can control where I live. I knew mm-hmm. Nina lived here. And I was like, Nina, duh, what's going on? And she's like, my roommates happens to be moving out. And I was like, great. Could handle <laughs> that element. Knew where I was working beyond that. I was like, who knows? <laughs> and I just kind of like accepted that I didn't know. And, did my best with what I did know and I think it worked out well but it was hard and then we met yeah. and then we met like the next day yeah. <laughs> like after I moved here but um yeah I think I handled it well just because I like accepted that I wasn't going to be able to control every aspect of it and things really fell into place in a way that I never could have predicted and had no control over um but the intentional part was just being willing to jump I think was the biggest thing that I might not have been able to do in the past um but that I was able to do this time and it worked out um that's super deep Hell yeah, man. We're that. Gwyneth Paltrow at me. Oh my God. Come for me, bitch. (laughs) What about you? I feel similarly to some things. Like I also, when I was younger, was able to do a lot of things through just sheer force of will Mm -hmm. and smarts, basically. Like I said, in college, like that stopped working for assignments Mm -hmm. because I didn't have a lot of the skills I needed to have because when you're smart and you've already read all the books in a class in high school, like it's not that hard to shit out a three-page paper the night before, you know, but you can't do that with a 15-page paper. they'll know. (laughs) There were a lot of things in my personal life that I did do, like in my childhood with like my parents' divorce and stuff that I was like, nope, I'm not accepting this. And like, I'm doing this and this is what's going to happen. And like when I, when that stopped working because I was like more grown up and there are like fewer things that would work with just sheer force of emotional will. Like that was really hard for me because I felt all of a sudden like I was failing at a lot of stuff instead of seeing the truth, which was like, you need to develop different skills. The, the like strength that I have in like, being determined to do something is like a necessary part, but it's only like a part of what will make you successful, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, I had to learn how to forgive myself for like not knowing things or like needing help with things or being damaged from things or like, you know, I had a hard time for a while with being like, but why am I failing at this? You know what I mean? Instead of being like, well, you're in a different situation now and you may have different you may need to use different things, like the things that worked before. Like it doesn't mean that you're you're less than now that they're not working in the same way. And that was hard to figure out. Yeah, It's not that things feel perfect now. It's that I feel more confident in my ability as an adult to work on things. Like mm-hmm. it took until I was 28, almost 29 to feel like a real adult. You know? Absolutely. Everyone says like, it's like you turn 30 and then you're like, I know who I am now and I know how to do yeah. stuff. Until then, we're just, I ve- feel very far from that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm truly not there I yet. definitely feel a lot closer than I did at 26, mm-hmm. 25. Not that I like did anything different the last two years. It's yeah. just that it takes like, it just feels like you're slogging through mud sometimes yes, in your absolutely. 20s. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, gotta keep moving. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? Oh my goodness. It is. I Literally 28 is the first year that I really felt that way. I can't fucking yeah. wait. <laughs> I cannot wait. Um, okay, so next thing on the list is, since we're doing an episode about cha-cha changes, Maria, drop the clip. Turn and face the strange. Cha-cha-changes. changes Do you know that? Yes. Um, Okay, so I wanted to talk about a change that's coming up for the next season of She's All Fat, which is forthcoming. 
<laughs> remind me to tell you a story about the word forthcoming okay. on Twitter. Anyway. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, which is forthcoming. So I will not be a full co-host on the next season of She's All Fat. I'll be taking a step back. I'll still be doing my weekly obsessions, which I'm really excited about. And I already have a list of like 40 obsessions. Oh my God. Good. <laughs> so get ready. Yay. Um, but I will be taking a step back and Soph will be um, soldiering on without me, which I'm really excited to hear. But I will be taking a step back to deal with some of the health stuff I've been going through. As you guys know, uh, there's been some shit going down. Yeah. <laughs> my, uh, I don't have my same 16-year-old body for some reason. <laughs> I don't understand why. <laughs> but I, I am somebody who's always had, like, <laughs> yeah, for some reason I, like, can't <laughs> operate on two hours of sleep anymore. I don't know what's up. Um, I am somebody who's always had, like, 40 jobs and enjoy it and get fulfillment from all of it. But I have come to the realization that a change is necessary and that I need to have one more, one less job, 39 jobs, I think, <laughs> would be good. <laughs> so I can take some time to take care of myself and my shit and get back to my full uh, capacity, hopefully. Um, I'm not dying or anything. I'm just dealing with some like chronic illness stuff that I still don't really have answers for that I would like to have answers for because it is inconvenient. I would like that as well. <laughs> it's quite inconvenient. Yeah. Sofa's been very patient and supportive uh, of me as patient. I've like... Well, yes. As I'm I've like, had... could you figure out your health like now? <laughs> no. But the doctors hurry the fuck up. Patient in the sense that you're like, sure, I'll pause recording so you can go, you know, uh, pee bubbles, which is one of my symptoms. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So all that to say, yes, a change coming up is that I am taking a step back from She's All Fat. I'm not disappearing. I'm not dying. I don't hate Sophie. (laughs) None of those things. Um, But I am really grateful to have a partner like Sophie who supports me and is excited to do the next season, which I'm excited. Mm. I told Sophie, like, after we talked about the change, I had a dream where, like, it was that scene in Mean Girls where I was watching Sophie on stage and I was the mom and I was, like, recording it. (laughs) Literally, that's going to be season four. So I'm going to be like, did you hear that shit Sophie pulled in the last episode? It's fucking iconic. That's how like, I felt when you did your stand up that I came to. Oh my to. god. That I was literally so sweet. tapped the person next to me and I was like, that's my friend. Oh my god. <laughs> that's so nice. Oh my goodness. Um, so that is the energy I'm bringing this season for. It's just like Amy Poehler and Mean Girls energy. Oh um, I will be here. Our team members, I'm so excited to see them take on more responsibility and do some really cool shit next season. Um, and I'm excited to see where it goes. You know, yeah. I'm excited to take this change for me as something that I, I've never been able to acknowledge, which is that I, I can't do a million things at once before. I'm yeah. like, mm, actually, <laughs> I can do everything. So, mm. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you maybe could have held out a little longer if you didn't have these like chronic health things yeah. happening. But even before they were happening, there were many times when like we'd meet up or something and you'd, and I'd be like, what, like before we started the pod, I'd be like, what are you up to? And you're like, um, I did this and I did this and I have to do that. Um, also this is falling apart and I have to fix that. And yes. then like, I got to fly here. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Looking at my old calendar, so like when we started working on the podcast was the spring of 2017, and at that time, literally, this was my daily schedule. I would like get up at four o'clock in the morning, right till 10 a.m. Then I was like working at a postmate as a postmate at the time, like in between seasons of shows. So I'd be a postmate till like four, maybe come over to Sophie's house, work on the podcast till the evening. Then I would like go to a works, drink with somebody, come back at like 11, write for another hour, sleep for four hours and do it again. Literally. (laughs) It was was very confusing because I'd get like texts or emails from you at every single hour of the day. And I'd be like, but when do you sleep? And you'd be like, haha, NBD. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> sleep when I'm dead. I used to so, say stuff like sleep when I'm dead. Literally. I used to say stuff like no days off. And I'd be like, haha, okay. But now that like <laughs> then when you got sick, it was like you're like, I can't uh For some do reason that. <laughs> I, my alarm went off at 4 a.m. and I didn't so, wake up. You know what? It's honestly like the chronic illness stuff is obviously a bad thing. Yes. But maybe in the end, once they figure out what the fuck's happening, mm-hmm. it'll be like a part of your next 10 years of like reevaluating your relationship with work and like yes. pushing yourself and shit. I definitely think 
I, I hope that that's the outcome. I think I'm sure a lot of like children of immigrants can relate to this, but I just have this like sense that every moment of the day needs to be spent productively or like, what the fuck are you even yeah. doing here? And like, why did your parents come here for not going to like have 15 literal jobs? Oh my God. But rest just, is like, productive for rest you. Is, rest is productive. Yeah. Self-care, as we talked about in our episode last season, is productive. And figuring out like what you want and what you want to spend your physical and emotional and creative energy on is really important. And I am taking that lesson to heart and trying to apply that to my life yeah so this is where we are i'm really excited like i said to hear season four and you will be hearing my deep voice in every episode (laughs) with my obsessions and there's more fun stuff to come i can't wait to keep listening you all better keep listening it's gonna be fucking incredible i'm really glad that we've had the three seasons as they are i'm excited for an experimental season four and i'm excited to see what happens with season five and beyond Fuck yeah. So now here is a little preview of what I have planned for season four. Maria, play that clip. Hey, family. Sophie here. We're switching things up this season and I hope you're ready to go on the journey with me because I'm pretty excited to share with you season four, Sophie on the Street. We're getting tattoos about being sisters. Holy moly. I am so excited to talk to Julie Murphy. Hey family, it's Lynn, the fairy intern mother, and I'm back. So how does disability intersect with fatness? I was hooking up with someone over the summer and she consistently would be like, you're so hot. This season, we'll be exploring body positivity and fatness through more reported episodes. I'll talk to scientists, doctors, lawyers, crafters, thespians, activists, authors, and my family and friends to get to the bottom of the questions I have about the way our bodies move and dance and love and learn in this world. Ah, Careful. (laughs) That's how you brown butter. Pour it off. Looks pretty. Brown. Let's talk about sex, baby. All right. Let's get this tattoo. Since starting college, I've thought a lot more about how my body's been politicized. We'll talk about tattoos, CBD, YA novels, costumes, siblings, college, family, massages, religion, YouTube. We've got a lot to cover. It's going to be a real fat season. Yeah, remember when we were at Disneyland and that little girl (laughs) bumped into me and then she looked up and was like, you're so tall. (laughs) So we hope you'll come along with us. Season four of She's All Fat, Sophie on the Street will be premiering in March. The rest of February, our Patreons will be getting extra clips and minisodes. And during season four, our Patreon members at Team I Love Bread will also be getting Ask a Fatty minisodes every week with some extra special guests. Hello, Maria. Hi, Izzy. Hi, Julie. Hi, Alex. Hi, Anne. Hi, Lynn. So how about it? Leave this chubby pod on your feed and tune in next month for our fourth season. She's fatter, furiouser, and fully researched. Season four, Sophie on the Street. She's all fat. We cannot say enough just how much we we appreciate everyone's support. I don't think we ever could see that coming, like the amount of people and really thoughtful and just sweet human beings who genuinely cared about us and let our voices into your house and into your Priuses and (laughs) embraced us and supported us. That has meant so much to me in the past two years that we've been working on this. And so I just want to say a big thank you. Y'all have made a real difference and I cannot thank you enough. You're the best. I feel confident that our listeners and our Patreon, our our family will be supportive of you as you like take your next step into figuring out all this stuff and like still follow you and love you and be like proud of you for like making this necessary change for your life so you can stay alive. <laughs> stay alive 2019. Stay alive. Staying so alive. Wow. Oh my Maria, God. you got to drop the clip. <laughs> 
so sorry that <laughs> you must drop the clip. Oh my God. Jeez. Yep. So that's the meat of it for this week. We have solved the 10-year challenge. Iconic. You're, You're welcome. welcome. Oh my God. Are you so bad? You don't have to do that anymore. You hate doing I'm that. I'm so bad at unison. <laughs> I'm so bad at unison. I can't. Oh my God. Yikes. time to ask a fatty. If you want advice, you can send a voice memo of yourself asking a question to fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. You can record it on your computer or the voice memo app on your iPhone. <laughs> Just keep it short, about one minute max. Or if you're shy, you can send us a plain old email at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com and we might answer your question right here on the show. This week on Ask a Fatty, we have a very special letter from Hannah. Hi, April and Sophie. This is Hannah. Uh, For those of us who have already listened through all of SAF, I was wondering um, if y'all have any recommendations for other body positive, um, feminist, um, social justice oriented podcasts that we can listen to whenever we don't have an SAF episode available. So yeah, whatever y'all like to listen to or just anything else that can help keep educating ourselves and staying engaged, um, I'd really appreciate y'all's advice. Thank you so much. Hannah, first of all, thank you so much for listening to us. Can't believe you've listened multiple times when I have to grit my teeth to listen one time. (laughs) That's very nice. And there are podcasts that I listen to several times, so I can't believe we're that for somebody else. That's wild. That's really nice. So first of all, um, yes, you can, I'm going to link in the show notes, like our Christmas favorites or our holiday break favorites episode, because we listed a bunch in there. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm going to put a link to our resources page on our website, which if you want to navigate there on your own, like a big girl, you can, or boy, or a big non-binary person. A big them. A big them. That, I really hope some influencer has that. The big them. If you want to be a big them, you can go to www.she'sallfatpod.com. You see our faces. You scroll down. You scroll down past our banner for our uh, big fig mattresses. Click on it. Use the code SAF to save. Um, we love our big figs. And then you click on the resources tab, which is on the bottom, the bottom shelf thing. And then, uh, you scroll down a little bit and we have a whole section there for you of other body pause podcasts. We started like a whole list before we even premiered our first episode. And just as people email us to let us know about other ones, or as we find other ones, we add them here. So there's some that are no longer updating, and they but their archives are all up, so you could listen several times through to those. Um, there's the Food Psych podcast, which April and I have both been on, which is fun. Christy's there. very cool. Christy's incredible. We support. If you want another podcast that has like a pretty similar vibe in terms of like someone very calmly talking to someone else. <laughs> like Christy's very calming to listen to. And I think ask like very perceptive, good questions. It's like a really nice listener. We haven't added this one on here, but there's like this one that I found that I have to listen to called like the body positive witch or something like okay, that. Okay. So just for you then. Yeah. <laughs> someone made a podcast explicitly for you. Yes. Perfect. So we have a bunch on here and there's also, if you scroll even further down, there's um, a bunch of like body positive and fat positive books there, and a bunch of those have audiobooks. Okay, a couple other sort of like specifically feminist oriented podcasts I could recommend. Um, no Man's Land by The Wing. Have you been listening to this? No. Okay, so The Wing started their own like podcasting department, obviously. This one is cool because it's about bad girls of history and their like secret feminist side. Um, I really love it. I think it's really well done. Um, I'd also recommend Sip on This by Ashley Nicole Black. So Ashley is a writer on uh, Samantha Bee's show. She also went to Northwestern. Go Cats. Um, (laughs) And so she... It's the whole podcast is like our ask a fatty. Like she takes questions and she'll give advice and then she'll bring someone else in to give advice for the same question. And then she'll ask her guest for advice. It's like very cool. She's intersectional feminist and like really militant, which I appreciate about her. I would recommend that one. Um, I don't think we've recommended See Something, Say Something, which is now. now. They are done, but you can listen to the archives. This is like feminist relating. I have enjoyed listening to Bad With Money which is a panoply podcast that Gabby Dunn, former co-worker at BuzzFeed, <laughs> makes. 
certain episodes more than others are like more feminist bent. Um, okay, my last recommendation is so the cut has a podcast called The Cut on Tuesdays, which I love. I might have promoted on um the show before, but they also have the cut on Thursdays, which okay. comes up on the same feed. <laughs> okay. But so the cut on Thursdays is cool because they pick a woman who works in media and they just ask her like how she gets it done based off their like they have a column about that on the They're actual cool. cut. So it's cool because a lot of women will come on and be like, how I get it done is like I have a nanny. Like I employ another woman to take care of my children. Yeah. Or how I get it done is like my husband quit his job and he takes care of our kids and like I have an assistant. Like it's sort of women openly being like how they're able to accomplish their uh, like success is by like depending on other women in their lives. Wow. It's very cool. So I love that. Um, Sarah Koenig just did one, Ooh, which I is cool. Her. She says how she gets it done is she doesn't have any social media <laughs> at all. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but she doesn't. Oh, as always, we stand Nancy and CYG, but y'all already know that. Now I'm just going to shout out like a bunch really quick. That's like the nod, the stoop. And uncivil. Um, okay, another like finished podcast, I think, but that the archives are still mostly very good to listen to is like Lena Dunham's old podcast, Women of the Hour. She's not in everything if you like, you know, hate Lena Dunham or whatever, but like, <laughs> uh, she's really good at creating shit. And uh, I really liked a lot of those episodes. Another round is also done, but like their archives are really good, still processing. They're still going, right? Oh, yeah. They just started a new season, and it's so good. They have an episode all about, like, Colin Kaepernick and, like, really getting into the cultural significance. They work... They're writers who work for... New York Times. New York Times? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And did I say Code Switch already? Code Switch. Code Switch and Still Processing are, like, part of that. They're They're both also part of that, like, black culture creators, basically. Very cool. And I would also head to the show notes tab on our website and just click through. We are always we talking about podcasts. Pods all the time. We're big fans of pods, constantly listening to pods. So you'll find a lot of recs there um, to tide you over. Yep. Thank you so much, Hannah. Enjoy. Enjoy. Now let's move on to It's Okay, You Can Ask, a segment where we ask the silly, big, and small questions. <laughs> I loved that. Usually I write that, but... Yeah, usually I write them and you just make me write, but we're not talking about race today. I make you read something humiliating. You're like, who's Flava Flav? (laughs) I know who Flava Flav is. Sometimes I know you know and I still make you say it. You don't think I watched Flavor of Love? (laughs) I did. You did. Yeah. I'll give it to you. Going with our theme of the episode, which is change and the 10-year challenge, Soph, where do you think I'll be in 10 years? Um, okay, so when you're 35 and three quarters, I think you will be running a show. Oh my God. Fingers crossed. I think you will have one or more bionic body parts. Mm, Absolutely. At that point, the technology will have advanced. Can't wait. (laughs) Can't wait. Um, I also think you will have a wig line. Oh my God. Or hairline of some (gasps) sort. Wow. Like, you're, you're dreaming big for me. Well, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> you I are very that. passionate about helping other women of color with their hair. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to spread your knowledge of hair to like other people who you think don't do their hair well. <laughs> Absolutely. The way I think it'll happen mm-hmm. is you will be interviewed for writing on some show or for like appearing on some show, like you know, in my dream, it's like the She's All Fat TV show. Mm-hmm. And then you're like interviewed in something and there's like all these memes of you go around because you <laughs> say like funny things. Okay. And one of them is you say something funny about like bad hair. Okay. And then like somebody contacts you to make like a hairline oh my based God. off of how viral that goes. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. And then people are like, whatever, like, fine. Like, she thinks it's bad hair. And then you make the line, and then everyone's like, oh, my God, though, like, it's really good. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Why have I never considered this for myself? This really is a passion. But, like, you know, I think you probably handle it the way that the Kardashians handle their businesses, which is you just go in and you're like, make it look like this. And then you go back to what you're doing. (laughs) We're done. Um, Okay. Also, in 10 years, I think you will have one boyfriend (laughs) – <laughs> but, like, I don't think you'll be ready to commit. <laughs> don't tell that to my mom. Mom, skip this part. In 10 years, I'm still not ready. <laughs> I think in 10 years, you will have had some relationships. Okay. But 
I still just think you'll be like just ready to date like someone for serious. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll still be, be like getting rid of the like last guy you dated. Oh my God. You're gonna be like, oh, like whatever. <laughs> Wow, this is a glamorous life you've painted for me. Mm-hmm. I appreciate I think, it. Yeah, I think that you will have a different car. Okay. Don't know what kind, because I don't know what kind of car you like. No um, car, because I hate driving. <laughs> I will. I think you'll have a vanity license plate that I will have gotten you. Okay. <laughs> and it'll be some joke, and you like will kind of hate it, but you put it on your car, because like you know my feelings would be hurt if you didn't put it on your car. <laughs> Absolutely. And then every time you go on the lot, you're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. I really can see that crystal clear. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay, you live in a house mm-hmm. in um, the valley, I think. Okay. Or in Pasadena, mm-hmm. like one of the two. And your mom has an apartment here. Nice. And like, you, but she like complains that you're not taking her to like nice enough restaurants. <laughs> Perfect. And so every time you go into the writing room, you're like, oh my God, my mom, blah, blah. And like one of the things your assistant has to do <laughs> Is, like, do stuff, like, take your mom's stuff to the dry cleaning, oh, whatever. That sounds very real. Wow. I also think by then you will um, have kind of, like, a coterie of, like, cool people around you. And I think you'll have organized some sort of, like, either official or unofficial, like, mentoring thing for, like, young black Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I love that. What do you think of that version of 10 years That from sounds now? like the, my perfect life. Good. <laughs> like you've predicted. My perfect life. Not my mother's perfect life for me. Mm. She'll be terrified. And I think you'll be planning to get your veneers. Oh, you don't think I have my veneers yet? I think you've been too busy. You're running a show. That's true. You do have to take time off for the veneers. But, but like oh you have God. the money for it and you're like... You're like, next break, get ready. Honestly, they're so high And you keep so talking about up. how huge your teeth are going to be. <laughs> I just, I want to not be able to close my mouth. Like, I want huge but porcelain you do, veneers. You have gone in for, like, a lot of, like, facial treatments. Okay, And perfect. so you're always like, I'm not wearing any makeup. <laughs> like, do you see a pore? I didn't think yeah, exactly. so. <laughs> wow. You've truly envisioned my perfect life. <laughs> okay, let me pull up for yours. Okay. I made a top three things I think you're doing in the, what is it, 2029? Yeah, oh Jesus. God. Does that even sound like a real year? No, because I think that's when, like, the sandstorm is supposed to, like, have taken over North America or that's whatever. Horrifying. <laughs> So my number one thing I think you're doing is asking me to help you do your mixed race child's hair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I think that goes without explanation. And listen, I will be ready and willing with a wide tooth comb, (laughs) a spray bottle, a leave-in conditioner, a sealing oil, (laughs) a hot oil treatment. Oh my God. I'm there. I'm there. By that point, let's see, in 10 years, so maybe the kid will be, they'll be like at least five or so, but in within a few years from that, they'll be texting you on their whatever device and they'll be like, Auntie April, like, mom won't wash my, and I'll be like, just text her. I can't do it. <laughs> you won't her. even get involved. Like, she does oh, it better. I know she does it better. Just text her. True. I'm going to get a gleek glorp from your child that's like, <laughs> can you take me to Inglewood so I can get my special conditioner? <laughs> I don't like it when mom takes me. Everyone looks at her weird. (laughs) So sad. So sad. Um, So I definitely envision that, which is so exciting. Um, Number two, I envision you mentoring other Sophies. I can see you, like, because you've talked about before, like, your struggle to find a dedicated mentor that's not, like, mean for no fucking reason. Yeah. Yes. And I could see you like taking an active stance on fixing that for the next generation. Yeah. I just imagine you like at a beautiful brunch with other Sophies and they're just like talking about their feelings <laughs> and you <laughs> and you help them you help them sort of center their energies and get stuff done. I love like, that. That could be so exciting. We both saw each other mentoring people. Yeah. I think that I mean that's something I think we're we feminists. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> care about Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then the third thing, I have a very clear vision of you producing a Tamara Pierce book. Oh my god! Would you god. ever do that? Like adapt yes. one? I would thousand percent that would. Be perfect? Yes, but the thing is, like, it would have to go through like a total rewrite to take out any of the like weird racist shit. Absolutely, in it. which you could totally be on top of <laughs> yeah, and just yeah, have yeah. a calm conversation about why maybe it wouldn't work for this medium. Exactly, <laughs> you could have a conversation about that. Um, I think Adam, I could see you doing a really cool adaptation. That oh sounds like. Fun, right? I would love that. 
in 10 years, can we go on a girl's trip to Bali? That's all I want. Okay. And, then, and then come back and tell everybody I found myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. Yes. You bring back some sort of appropriative artifact to like hang on your wall. Oh, my God. You're like, that's from my oh. trip. That was, like, beautiful. I was, like, barefoot the whole time. I was barefoot the whole time, and I just came back, and I'm still, like, centered. <laughs> you know what I mean? My, like, vibrations are sky high at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, I also hope it. we've both deleted all our social media by then. Oh, here's hoping. <laughs> Honestly. Tired of the trash. Uh, well, this that's sounds it. like a good version of the future. I thank you for sharing the, your, yourself 10 years ago with me. Yes. Thank my you sweet 16 teen monster <laughs> self. She was the worst. It's incredible. I'm afraid of her. She, you should be. She <laughs> would tear you apart. She'd be nice to me. She was so mean. Um, thank <laughs> you for sharing your vision of me in 10 years. I really like that vision. Me too. And thank you for sharing this present with me. I think we did a great job on our first three seasons, and I'm excited to see where season four goes. Me too. I'm ready with my camera. Give <laughs> <laughs> me four. You're the best. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. <laughs> And that's our show. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to FYI at she's Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show. If you leave us a review on Apple podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the pod next week. She's All Fat is created, produced, and hosted by us, Sophie Carter-Khan and April K. Quio. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Our music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo is by Britt Scott. This episode was mixed and edited by Maria Wortel. Special thanks to our fairy intern mother, and Barbara, our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Bye! Wow. Okay. Branding. Okay. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> Always branding. Oh Always my God. Capitalism. Um, <laughs> if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.